Amen. So last week, Rabbi Michael started our new series entitled, In God We Trust. And we're using an acronym for the word trust. And uh, as we share important biblical principles that we need to apply as we navigate through this journey called life. Our theme verse for this series is from Tehillim, Psalm chapter 20, verse 7, which says, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord our God. Amen. And in his message last week, he encouraged us that the first step in trusting in God is to talk to God. All right? And he encouraged us that God is the first person we need to be pouring our heart out to. And he also uh, shared how crucial it is for us to put ourselves under Adonai's tutelage and focusing on the scripture from Yaakov 1.9, which says, it is better to be slow to speak and quick to listen. And that when it comes to our world today, that's a good uh, truth that we could all apply. Uh, but even in our relationship with God, listening to what he has to say. So the second point of how we trust in God uh, is today's message, and it is entitled, Rely on His Promises. So I want to read the Passion Translate, Translation of our theme verse, again from Tehillim 20, and it says, Some find their strength in their weapons and wisdom, but my miracle deliverance can never be won by man. Our boast is in the Lord our God, who makes us strong and gives us victory. Friends, if we have not learned this lesson uh, by now, after these last three and a half months, I don't know what it's going to take for us to learn it. We cannot rely on man. We cannot rely on his wisdom. We cannot rely on his promises. We cannot rely on the government, especially in this state, which is definitely biased to put it mildly, against the body of believers and against our faith and our values. Uh, our help and strength can never come from the ingenuity of mankind, the policies or government, or even the science of man. We should know by now that we must put our hope and our trust in God Almighty and in Him alone and in his promises. And I want to encourage us on that today. So I was reading several different articles as I was preparing this message. So one writer said, the Bible is a gold mine of promises for believers. During any season, but especially in hard times, God's promises provide an anchor for our soul. Again, in the world that we live in, you can be overwhelmed and drowning from all the information that is being spewed at you. But the Bible is an anchor, right? The Word of God, an anchor that we can hold on to. It goes on to say the promises give us hope and enable us to be courageous and bold when facing challenges. Friends, we are facing challenging times. Our world is in chaos. Anarchy abounds around us. But the good news is that God tells us where darkness is, 
the grace of God abounds even more. And that's why we put our trust and our hope in him. So I want to give us four things we can do to rely on God's promise. The first thing is to rely on God's promises. We need to know who God is. This is as basic as it gets. And you may say, duh, Rabbi Carol, of course I know who God is. But I want to encourage you, if you don't really know God, you will never be able to rely on his promises. And I'm not talking about an intellectual understanding of who God is. I'm talking about a vibrant, living, intimate relationship with the creator of the universe. That's what you and I were created for, to be in relationship with him. It's not the facts that you might know, but it's that you have a living relationship. And because I have a personal relationship with God that I continue to develop and to cultivate and to strengthen, I know who he is. And because I know who he is, I can rely on his promises. Even when it seems like everything is going opposite of what he says in his word. But I know who he is. I know, first of all, that he's not a liar. Bobby Barr, Numbers 23, 19 says, God is not a man that he should lie. Does he promise and not fulfill? The world is full of broken promises. Again, science, government, man says, oh, this will, this will work, do this, do that. Half the time, actually probably more than half the time, they don't know what they're talking about. And they make promises they cannot keep. But God does not lie. And because I know that about God, I can rely on his promises. I also know that he always, always, always does what he says. In Bereshit, Genesis 28, when he's talking to our forefathers, he says, I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. See, I know that about God. And when you know that is who the God is, who God is that you serve, then you know that his promises are going to come to pass in your life. Because he says, I will not leave until I have completed that which I spoke and promised to you. I also know that he is a faithful God, even when I am not faithful, even when I blow it, even when I don't take the time to seek him, he remains faithful. Tehillim 145.13 says, The Lord is faithful to all his promise and loving to all he has made. Messianic Jews, Hebrews 10.23 says that he who promised is faithful. He's a faithful God. And when you know that, then you can rely on him. How do I know he is faithful? Because I have a long track record with him. I came to faith when I was six years old. And I have cultivated and worked on this relationship, loving God and allowing him to love back for me, me for many, many years. And throughout all the thick and thin of my life, and there have been many ups and downs, I can tell you, God never, ever let me down. He's faithful, faithful. And because I know that, because I have this relationship with him, I can trust his promises. His faithfulness means we can rely on him. And then 1 Thessalonians 5.21 says, The one who calls you by name is trustworthy and will thoroughly complete his work in you. Once again, 
there are no broken promises with God. If he has spoken, he will do it. So knowing this God, having a personal relationship with him is the first step that allows you to rely on his promises. And maybe you are here today or you are listening to this podcast and you don't know God. You don't have a personal relationship with him and maybe you are afraid. I'm going to tell you fear is, has blanketed our world. And our media has done no, uh, uh, nothing good for us in this area. They have sowed the seeds of fear. And you can't break out of fear. I want to tell you, I don't walk in fear. I see everything that's going on around me, but I don't live in fear. Why? Because I know God and I have a relationship with him. And today, you can start that relationship with him. If you have never, ever accepted Yeshua into your heart, today you can do that. And he will give you a peace in the midst of the chaos that will just blow your mind away. And he will guard you and take care of you. So we need to know God. And if you have broken this relationship, you wandered away from God. Maybe you knew him at one time in your life. Today you can reconnect. He is waiting for you. It's not an accident that you are watching this podcast or here in the sanctuary. God loves each and every one of you, and he wants you to have that personal relationship with him. In fact, we just want to take time to pray this right now, all right? If you're here in the sanctuary or you're watching, my heart is, I just feel someone is watching, and you are saying, Rabbi Carol, I knew God, but I walked away from him. I want to tell you, God, his arms are open wide for you. The story of the prodigal son in the scriptures, that father was looking. And your heavenly father has been looking and waiting for you to come back. And today his arms are open wide. Or maybe you're one of those people who you've never, ever had a relationship with God. Today it can start. So I want to lead us in a simple prayer. But it's a prayer that will forever change your life. I prayed a prayer like this when I was six years old. And God has stood with me thick and thin So let's pray this prayer together, and I want you to reach out to me. If you're on YouTube or Facebook, you can send me a private message. Uh, You can call here to the synagogue, and we want to just encourage you as you take this step. But that's the simple prayer. Father God, thank you for loving me and speaking to me today. I come home. I accept Yeshua as my Savior as my Messiah, come dwell with me. Forgive my sins. Amen. Amen. God loves you. He loves you. He loves you. And please reach out. Rabbi Michael, myself, the leadership team, the congregation wants to encourage you in this walk with Adonai. But the second thing we want to do to rely on God's promises is that we need to know what those promises are. Knowing that God is faithful is only one side of the coin. You need to actually know what the promises of God are. Kephabet, 2 Peter 1.4 says that he has given us his very great and precious promises. There's only one way to know God's promises, and that is to read his word. Listen to this uh, writer. Again, I read several articles in preparation, and this writer was, walking, was talking about the promises of God. And he said this, If God has made unshakable promises, we should devour his word 
I want to know all God's promise. I want to know what I can pray for, what I can count on, what to hang my hope on when everything around looks bleak. If we drift from reading God's word, our faith, our prayer life, our joy, and our hope will all wane. So he encourages in this article, he says, so let's read God's word. Grab on to his promises. Then say in the face of hopelessness, God is not a man. He won't lie or change his mind. He said that he'll do it, and I put my hope in him. And thank your unchanging God. Friends, if you do not read the word, if you're not there devouring it, you don't know his promises. And it's hard to know him because that's the way we get to know him because he communicates to us through his word and through prayer. A song we used to sing when I was a kid was, Every promise in the book is mine, every chapter, every verse, every line. But if I never read the chapters and the verses in line, how do I know what those promises are? So how can I stand on those promises? I don't have fear because I know that over and over in the word, God says, do not fear, for I am with you. He says, I have not given you a spirit of fear. So I refuse to allow uh, fear to come camping in my house. Fear will not come captivating my heart. Why? Because I know what God says. He says, you do not have to be afraid because I will always be with you. I will never leave you and never forsake you. So because I know his promises, I can rely on them. But you have to be in the word to know them. If I never open the book and read it, how can I rely on what God says? And I want to tell you, the enemy easily, easily manipulates my emotions and causes me to doubt God's actions on my behalf if I neglect my relationship and neglect the word. And he does the same with you as he does with me. And in this atmosphere that we're in right now, in the chaos and the anarchy that is uh, abounding in the streets of our cities and around the world, I want to tell you the enemy is working overtime to manipulate your heart and your emotions. But if you ground yourself on who God is and on his word, the enemy will have no foothold in your heart and in your emotions and in your spirit. But you have to know those promises, and you're only going to know them by being in the word. The third thing we need to do to rely on God's promises is we need to pray his promises. Charles Spurgeon, a great man of God from a, a generations before us, said this about praying God's promise. He said, the best praying man is the man who is most believingly familiar with the promises of God. After all, prayer is nothing but talking God's promises to him and saying to him, do as thou hast said. Prayer is the promise utilized. Prayer, which is not based on the promise, has no true foundation. So I'm going to give you some steps that I read in this article on what it means to pray God's promises. First, to search the Bible. Again, read it, because if you don't know what God says in his word, you can never stand on it. Tehillim 119.62 says, At midnight I rise to give thanks for your righteous Torah, for your laws. 
some of the promises that we can stand on God's word for. If you are sick, you can stand on the promise that says, I am the God who heals. If you have financial needs, you can stand on the promise that says, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. You can stand for salvation of your loved ones. You and your whole household will be saved. Amen. The second thing that we want to do, if we want to pray the promises of God, this article encouraged was to meditate on them. Joshua 1.8 says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Your mom, Valila, day and night, meditate on the word. To meditate means to think deeply and carefully about something for a period of time. We need to focus our mind on the promise of God that you are trusting him for. And think about how great God is, that he's going to fulfill that promise in your life. We've talked about this so many times, you know, when we are going through difficult seasons and when we are waiting for that promise. Think about Abraham, 25 years he waited for the promised son. And think about the men and women of faith who have gone on before us, many who waited years before they saw the promise fulfilled. What did they do during that time? They did not focus on their circumstances. Okay, it says in Romans 4, one of my favorite passages to preach from, Abraham reckoned with the fact that his body was as good as dead and Sarah's wasn't any better. So in other words, he didn't deny what was happening, but it says, against all hope, he hoped. And he believed that God was able to do what he promised. And he meditated and focused on the promise of God, not on the situation around him. You get your eyes on what, if you focus on what you see with your natural eyes or what you hear with your ears, you're missing it, friends. You need to meditate on who God is and on his word. The third thing to pray the promises is to personalize them. Devarim 29, 29 says, the secret things belongs to the Lord or God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children. In other words, when God has revealed his promise to you, it's yours to, to believe. So personalizing God's promise simply means to make the promise yours. Again, I can cry out for my loved ones. Adonai, you promised me and my household. And there are times where I have written in my Bible, I can remember in a prayer room, praying for a particular family member, my older brother John, and I have my Bible from my, my college days, and it's written right down there in the passage I was reading. And it said, my brother's salvation, I'm still believing for that. And I pray for my brothers, and I pray for um, uh, other family members. We have a lot of nephews and nieces on both sides of the family who do not yet know Yeshua. But I pray, and I personalize, God, you promised that our household would be saved, and we, we claim that, so personalize it. The fourth thing is to speak daily in faith. It is written, I believe, therefore I have spoken. Since we have the same spirit of faith, we also believe and therefore speak. Our, weeds are, our words are like seeds. Rabbi Michael alluded to this. There is power of life and death in our tongue. What are you speaking? 
over your situation. Again, if your situation is bleak, if it's opposite of what the promise is, are you focusing on that? Are you speaking over that? Oh, my finances are so bad. Oh, I will never be able to pay the bills. Or are you focusing and speaking, God, you said you would supply all of my needs. You see this need. You see this bill that has to be paid. You will supply all of my needs according to your riches. You see what the difference is? So speak the word of God over your life, over your situation. And the last thing this article said, how to pray the promises is to exercise patience. In Hebrew, sav lanut. Messianic Jews, Hebrews 10, 36, says you need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. Right? The prophet says, though it delays, surely it will come. And that's what we have to speak. God, I'm not giving up. I'm not letting go of your promises because you're not a man that you should lie. You always do what you say in your word. So I'm standing on these promises and I'm not giving up. And that leads me to our last point this morning. To rely on God's promises, we need to simply believe. Once we have ab applied the previous three action steps, what are we going to do? Simply believe. Have faith in God no matter what is happening around you. Remember, he is always, always working on your behalf, even if it doesn't look like it. And he's working to fulfill his plan for you. And we know what he says. He says, I know the plans I have for you. We can all quote the scripture. They are plans to prosper you and to give you a hope and a future. Well, I want to tell you that has not changed today. Just because things are haywire in our world doesn't mean that God is out of control. It doesn't mean that someone has usurped him from his throne. No, 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 my friends. He is God Almighty. There is no power on earth. There is no power of darkness that is greater than the creator of the universe. And God is seated high on the throne, and he is working and moving even though we cannot see it. Amen? And so I put my faith and I put my hope in God. And as I shared in the first service, in the passage we shared a few weeks ago from uh, Kings, the story of Elijah, his name slipped me for a moment. And remember, there was a famine in the land. And he said to the king and his servant, tomorrow there's going to be such an abundance of food, you can buy it dirt cheap. And the servant's like, you are crazy, prophet. Ain't no way. And in fact, the servant says, even if the heavens were to open, defying God. Elijah says, it's going to happen. And you won't enjoy it. And sure enough, overnight, everything changed. Friends, overnight, things can change in our world today. Overnight. It's so bad out there, Rabbi Carol. It's so desperate. And do you hear what they're going to do here? And no. I hear what God is doing. Friends, there is a battle raging, not just here in the natural. What you see in the natural is just 
a mirror of what is going on in the heavenly realm. There is a battle raging in the heavenly realm, and you and I need to join forces in that battle. That's why in prayer Thursday night, we was leading prayer. Rabbi Michael and my family were here. We had to rerun wires for our streaming. So Rena led prayer. And the last two Thursday nights, there has been an intensity in prayer. Why? Because we are stirred up. We are not going to let the forces of darkness take this world. Do you hear what I'm saying? And I put my faith and hope in God. So we persevere and we pray, believing that God has the last word. And that God's heart is that none should perish, but that all should come to faith in him. So another song from my childhood said, I'm standing on the promises of God that cannot fail. I believe because he is good, he is faithful, he never fails. Another verse says, I know in whom I have believed. Again, going back to my first point, when you know that you know who God is, you have no problem believing in him. Messianic Jews, Hebrews 11.1 1 from the Passion, Passion Translation says, Now faith brings our hope into reality and becomes the foundation needed to acquire the things we long for. It's the evidence required to prove what is still unseen. Friends, you and I need to rise up as men and women of faith. We need to say to those naysayers, to those who mock our God, like that servant of uh, the king mocked, said, even if your God opened up the heavens, we need to say to them, like Elijah did, our God is going to move and you are going to stand and see the salvation of the Lord. And closing with this scripture from Yeshiahu, Isaiah 43.10, God says, you are my witnesses, my chosen servants. I chose you in order that you would know me intimately, back to our first point, an intimate relationship with God. Believe me always. Turn to your neighbor and say, believe me always. This is what it's about. We have to believe God and fully understand that I am the only God. There was no God before me, and there will be no God after me. Again, no power of darkness, no man can usurp the authority and the throne from God. He is in control. We need to believe and put our trust in him. So I encourage you today, in God we trust. Talk to him first and rely on his promises. Amen? Amen. Let's stand to our feet, and we're going to close with the ironic benediction. Father and I, we thank you for your word. We thank you for speaking to our hearts. We are encouraged, God, and we will take this word and live it out in our lives this week in Yeshua's name. So let me just close here with a blessing. And then those who are in the building, please stay seated till we give directions for dismissal. Yivarechacha Adonai v'yishmerecha, Yair Adonai panavelecha, v'ikunecha, Yisa Adonai panavelecha, v'yasim lecha shalom. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his uh, face to shine upon you. We speak his shalom, his peace upon you, and upon your, your family in Yeshua's name. Amen. Shabbat shalom. Happy Father's Day to everyone. Thank you for joining us through the live stream. And if everyone who is here in the building can please remain seated for a moment so we can dismiss you. All right.
So for those who were in the sanctuary last week,